Welcome back to another edition of the Adam Schefter Podcast. As we are entering week three of the NFL preseason and gearing up for the start of the NFL regular season. But before we get to the season, there's a friend of mine who works at the University of Michigan, a man by the name of Greg Harden, who has a new book out called Stay Sane in an Insane World, How to Control the Controllables and Thrive. And Greg is somebody I've gotten to know during my time at the university. We had a chance to connect recently when we were there with O's the Mentalist, who was performing for the University of Michigan football team. And Greg is a peak performance coach, a motivational speaker, an executive consultant renowned for his transformative work with seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, Heisman Trophy winner and Super Bowl MVP Desmond Howard, and 23-time Olympic gold medalist Michael Phelps. Greg's been with the university for over 30 years. His impact has extended to 400 professional athletes, 50 NFL first-round draft picks, 120 Olympians representing over 20 countries. He was featured on 60 Minutes Sports as Michigan's secret weapon, and his expertise has earned him national recognition for his exceptional contributions to athlete development and success. And like we said, his new book, Stay Sane in an Insane World, How to Control the Controllables and Thrive, is now available. And Greg will be joining us today, and we look forward to his appearance. But first, what has become a new staple on this podcast, something we unveiled last week and plan to continue on into the season, Shefty's Six Pack. Our first item this week involves the Colts' disgruntled running back Jonathan Taylor, whom the team granted permission on Monday to go seek a trade. And yes, it's going to be difficult to compensate the Colts and Jonathan Taylor with a new contract, but the fact of the matter is the process has been set in motion. And once it's set in motion, usually it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling until there is a team out there that is willing to give up what it takes to get Jonathan Taylor and is willing to compensate Jonathan Taylor with the new contract. And here's a chance, I think, for the Colts to patch up a situation, get back significant draft capital to build around Anthony Richardson, and for Jonathan Taylor to help begin reshaping the running back market, which has been crushed recently. This has a chance, if a trade goes through, to help running backs move up the value of their deals, because I think somebody will pay Jonathan Taylor. I think there are teams out there that are discussing this internally and privately, and I think there are going to be a few teams that express enough interest and do enough to get a deal done. That's my own opinion. We're going to see how this works out, but this is a transformative move that in the fantasy football world creates total chaos and obviously will have a significant impact on whichever team acquires him, but we are watching Jonathan Taylor as we get closer to the final cutdown day in the NFL, which is a week from today, Tuesday, August 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern, when every roster must be trimmed to 53 players. That's a big day coming up on the on the NFL calendar next Tuesday, August 29th, and we'll see how that works out. As for item two on the six-pack, I'm a little worried about the young quarterbacks, picks one, two, four, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, 
and Anthony Richardson as they get started. These teams are putting so much hopes on these guys so early when their offensive lines might not be ready, when the players themselves are not ready, and it's going to take time. The Indianapolis Colts already have anointed Anthony Richardson, and I'm baffled as to why they wouldn't even play him in week two in the preseason, which is incredible to me. He's taken only 26 snaps this preseason, played only 13 games in college, and they're handing off their franchise to him. Now, again, Bryce Young, C.J. Stratt, Anthony Richardson, they all have the chance to grow into great quarterbacks. They all have tremendous upside. But the chances are that at least two of these quarterbacks are going to wash out. And I just don't love this rush to get these guys in there, the rush to get them in early. And I think it's going to break one or two of these quarterbacks. And I'm a little worried about it. And I can tell you this, that Bryce Young looks like he's going to be pounded behind a leaky offensive line. And C.J. Stroud looks like he just needs a little bit more time. And Anthony Richardson, we know, needs more time. And he may be without Jonathan Taylor. It's, I think, a difficult formula, asking a lot of these rookie quarterbacks. I'm concerned about their success. As for item three on the weekly six-pack, I'm going to go to another rookie quarterback, a guy we brought up last week, Aiden O'Connell. Again, shining, shining bright. Comes in for the Raiders' second preseason game. And you can just see right away, certain guys are ready to play. Aiden O'Connell, the Raiders' rookie quarterback, is ready to play. The top three quarterbacks picked in this draft don't look like they are right now. That's just the way it is. And at some point this season, Jimmy Garoppolo probably will have something physically go wrong. That's been his history in the past. And if and when that happens, and the Raiders have to turn over their team to Aiden O'Connell, He won't look back. That guy looks ready, prepared to go. We are Aiden O'Connell fans. And by the way, we mentioned in this spot Deuce Vaughn last week again, and he did it again, and he looks like he's going to be the Darren Sproles, a third-down type of back for the Cowboys offense. Those two rookies shining already. Item four on the weekly six-pack, Sam Howell. The Washington Commanders named him their starting quarterback last week. He looked Monday night against Baltimore like he's ready for the opportunity. Last year, when the commanders named him the starting quarterback against the Cowboys, Sam Howell showed out in that game. And Jacoby Brissett played well this summer. The commanders are pleased with the way he's been. But Sam Howell looks like he's got a little moxie to him. He's got a little something to him. Sat around this season, which I wish those other rookie quarterbacks had done a little bit, and now looks like he's ready to shine. Now, if Sam Howell plays the way he has so far this preseason and this summer. Washington is a sneaky, dangerous team in the NFC East. They're a little bit better than people think. They have some questions up front on the offensive line, but I kind of like that team if Sam Howell continues to play the way that he has. Item number five in the six-pack, Brock Purdy. Can we just stop these questions about who's starting at quarterback for the 49ers? I continue to hear them on sports talk shows, on TV, on the radio, Brock Purdy is the guy. He's made it back. He's answered the bell, right? Had the ulnar collateral ligament surgery, has looked every bit of what the 49ers hoped he would. And the real interesting question now becomes what they do at the backup quarterback positions. Because Purdy's going to be the opening day guy if there are no setbacks. And right now he's on track. And the question becomes, 
Is it Trey Lance at two? Is it Sam Darnold at two? Do they keep both quarterbacks? They also have Brandon Allen on the roster. There's a big quarterback decision there to be had in San Francisco. And like we said, August 29th is the date that looms. We're going to see hundreds of transactions in the NFL, and that is going to be one to pay attention to. And as teams cut down their rosters, that brings up the sixth item in the weekly six-pack. Love guys that come a little bit out of nowhere and make their mark on the roster and somehow find a way to stick. Now, we'll see whether the Browns undrafted free agent wide receiver Austin Watkins Jr. can do that, but sometimes guys light it up in the preseason so much that they force their teams to have no choice but to keep them. And here's a guy, Austin Watkins, who's bounced around from the 49ers to the Buccaneers to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, to the Memphis Showboats, wherever they are, to the Birmingham Stallions. And Watkins has come in this summer and lit it up. Now, I have no idea whether this is something where he's going against overmatched competition or doing it every day, but in two preseason games for the Cleveland Browns, he's been the best player on the field. Last week, seven catches, 139 yards, one touchdown. The week before, did the same thing. Guy's been unbelievable this summer. And you love when guys do that during the preseason and force teams to have to keep them. They play their way onto the roster. It reminds me of Victor Cruz with the New York Giants. Nobody was counting on anything out of Victor Cruz. Goes in and salsa dances his way to a roster spot and to where the Giants had to keep him. Austin Watkins making his play for a roster spot with the Cleveland Browns. Let's see if he could put it away in the third preseason week and keep that roster spot for good. Good luck to him, and good luck to everybody out there competing for these roster spots as NFL teams begin to make their final decisions. And that is this week's weekly six-pack. But this week, we have one bonus item. Last week, we had the pleasure of heading out to Jets camp for a day. They were scrimmaging against the Buccaneers. Got a chance to speak to a number of the players on the field last week, and I had never met Garrett Wilson before. But I've become friendly with his father, Kenny Wilson, over the last few years, mutual friends. We've had numerous phone conversations, and Kenny and I discussed the fact that wanted to go meet his son and talk to him, Garrett. And I'd heard tremendous things about Garrett Wilson. Well, whatever I heard about him as a person wasn't enough, because I spent about 15, 20 minutes with Garrett Wilson on the field, and there are certain feelings and vibes that certain people give off. And that guy is incredibly impressive as a person. We know what kind of receiver he is. We've already heard Aaron Rodgers compare him to Devontae Adams. But there is a maturity. There is a hunger. There is a quality to that kid that was off the charts impressive. That guy's got a bright future. And we're going to see that guy make a lot of money. And he should. But... Very rarely have I been that impressed by a player as a person off the field that early in his career. Reminded me, frankly, of a young Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald is an incredibly impressive person. We have gotten to know him even more with him as a cast member of Monday Night Countdown. But Garrett Wilson is ticketed for great things on and off the field. What an impressive guy. What a great job Kenny Wilson did raising Garrett Wilson 
We will continue to watch, track, and root for Garrett Wilson. Stud. Total stud. All right, let's go back to the man we mentioned, uh, a friend of mine, somebody who's connected very closely to the University of Michigan program, somebody who's had great influence and success on all the athletes there, the author of the new book, Stay Sane in an Insane World, How to Control the Controllables and Thrive, Greg Harden. You've been at the University of Michigan, I believe, for over 30 years. You were there when I was a student there, though we did not know each other then. Did you ever think of doing a book like this prior to this, prior to essentially the insane world that we're already living in right now, Greg? Well, I thought about it a lot, but until I was retired, until there was a pandemic and I had nothing else to do, (laughs) uh, you think about it, but you're busy, 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 busy. And now the timing is perfect. So the pandemic contributed to this? During the pandemic, you would take notes talk to your co-writer, whatever it was during the pandemic. Is that accurate? Absolutely, sir. I spent nothing but quality time with an amazing... T- I had a coach and a tutor. Uh, Steve Hamilton is an unbelievable author, a best-selling author. And he signed on thanks to Shane Salerno, who is our business manager for Story Factory. Yep. They, they set it up so that, I mean, he would take all my stories and he would transcribe transcribing is not an easy task but he would transcribe everything that came out of my mouth and write it down and then we would look at it and we would play with it and we would examine it and twist it and turn it until it became exactly how i wanted to to present a a chapter and they're short chapters and it, it and it's Designed in such a way that you can pick up the book and find all kinds of tools and strategies and see the lessons that were delivered to some of the best athletes you've ever heard of and some of the most amazing human beings who are not in athletics. And the stories mm-hmm. are just down to earth, my brother. I look forward to reading them. And let me say this, that transcribing as a former newspaper reporter was the bane of my existence for the 16 years that I was a newspaper reporter for the Rocky Mountain News and Denver Post. Every day, I would transcribe tape and tape and tape. And I don't know how it would work in today's world, Greg. I'm sure there's an easier way of doing it. But that was the most miserable thing that I ever did to the point where when I was hired at the NFL Network in 2004, and they called me to a hotel in Canton, and they said, we need you to interview Barry Sanders. I said, great. I drove over to the hotel. I interviewed Barry Sanders for 20 minutes. We got done. I asked the producers, where's the tape for me to transcribe? And they said, oh, no, you don't have to do that. We do that for you. And I said, you transcribed the tape for me? And they said, yeah. And I said, I'm going to love working in TV. And ever since then, I've never gone back to newspapers. But you mentioned Tom Brady, Desmond Howard, Michael Phelps. And we'll start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady said that you really pushed him in a direction that he wasn't sure he could go. When did you realize Tom's true potential and that he could become as great as he wound up becoming? Well, what you have to put in context is we're talking about a 19-year-old kid who's just trying to make it, trying to establish himself as as a, a, a player at, at a university that's, you know, had – numerous stars before him 
and he's like number six on the depth chart. <laughs> so uh, what you discover is that I don't know what time, anyone that says they knew that Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady is either exaggerating or lying. You didn't know. All I knew is that this was a first class human being who was hungry and humble, humble enough to try to be to, to learn from from everyone else. He, he studied what Desmond Howard and I had done, where Desmond ends up having the Heisman Trophy. And he says, I want some of that. And I said, look, that's great. He says, you know, I want to be the starter at Michigan. I say, that's not what I can help you with. I can help you believe without question or pause that you should be the starter at Michigan. If no one else believes in you, you'll believe in yourself. What I'm telling a Tom Brady, the hardest thing I'm telling a Tom Brady or anyone else that will listen to me, including someone as, as amazing as you, you've got to decide with or without football, your life is going to be amazing. What? <laughs> Try to tell a 19-year-old guy who wants this more than anything, you've got to decide that your self-worth and self-esteem must not be based on the decisions that other people are making, the decisions that, that will decide whether or not you, you play or not. I need you to believe in yourself without question or pause. Now, what does that do? It sets it up so that all of a sudden you're more than a football player. You're more than a CEO. You're more than a sportscaster. You are a human being. And how you feel about you is not based on what happens next. What My performance will not dictate how I feel about me. And that's the one thing that Tom Brady bought, and he bought it all the way. And he I, he's, I look at him and I say, what am I saying, Tom? And this young 19-year-old says, you're telling me that I'm more than a football player. And football is what I do. It's not who I am. Bruh, that's a game changer for people. That's a game changer. I'm working with a, an attorney uh, who is who's a multi-million dollar Johnny badass. And the lesson I'm sharing with him is like, you know, what will you do with power and influence? You've got all this money. You've got all these things you're trying to do. You're trying to run these this giant company. But how do you feel about you? What do you think about you? All I'm asking you to do is be deliberate and intentional about becoming absolutely, positively, madly in love with yourself. <laughs> but how do you fall in love with yourself like that, Greg? How does a person do that, whether it's Tom Brady or anybody else? They listen to how they talk to themselves. You train them to understand their self-talk. And they, you train them in identifying uh, how they beat themselves up, how they push themselves so hard. And you tell them that it's important that they begin to understand there is no secret. The secret that ain't a secret is self-love and self-acceptance. So we, you, I, anyone that's watching this piece, we know someone who looks on the surface to have it all and they end up taking their own life. So money, power, success, that's not enough. How you feel about you is what we're trying to hone in on. 
to teach people that if you can love yourself flaws and all, <laughs> everything else will fall in place. Is that the message all along that you've tried to deliver to Tom, to every player, to every athlete, to every person who you've crossed paths with over the last 30 plus years at the University of Michigan? Well, not only that, but teaching people to train themselves to give 100%, 100% of the time, win, lose, or draw. That changes everything. That means that even the stuff you don't like, you're going to give your best all the time. And if you train yourself to have that mindset, if you can train yourself to give 100% of the stuff you don't even like, what happens when you get to the stuff you love? You already have second nature to go all the way. Now, you mentioned Desmond Howard, and he said that if you weren't at the University of Michigan, he wouldn't have won the Heisman Trophy. What do you remember about Desmond and your ability to elevate him as a person and maybe a player. Let's be real clear. Again, we're talking about yep. a 19 year old and yep. I've met and worked with a lot of people. Desmond Howard and Tom Brady were the most coachable kids I ever met in my entire life. I never met a 19 year old who walks up to you and says, I need some advice and ask you for advice. Then they decide that you're okay. And then Desmond Howard walks into my office and says to me, tell me what works and what doesn't work. <laughs> tell me exactly what you've seen with all the people you've worked with. I need you to coach me and tell me what I need to do to go to the next level. I'm like, what? I mean, who does that? And he was so serious and he was so hungry but he was humble enough to be coachable. He was hungry enough to say, uh, just school me, prepare me. And he allowed me, he allowed me to coach him into training his mind to create a mindset that he would be unstoppable. He wasn't trying to be a Heisman Trophy winner. He was trying to be the absolute best version of himself that he could create, to be the best athlete on the team, to be the best athlete in the Big Ten, to be identified as one of the best players in the nation. That was the quest. And then the Heisman becomes like, oh, in addition to that, <laughs> they're looking at you for the Heisman. We laughed and giggled at him. And I said, what you have to do, son, is not take this too seriously. Not pursue a Heisman. Let the Heisman pursue you. Desmond bought it all. <laughs> he said, let's go. And it worked, Greg. It worked. Yeah, we had so much fun just cutting up and preparing him to simply be amazing at everything he did. And the Heisman, you know, Michigan does not promote and push Heisman. The Heisman people, the writers decide who they're going to vote for. And they fell in love with this guy's attitude, his work ethic, and that smile on his face. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt 
Didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We, we bring up Brady, we bring up Desmond Howard. Is there another memorable transformation that you've witnessed in an athlete's journey under your guidance? And are there lessons that others can draw from that experience that stands out to you, Greg? I've had uh, people that I've worked with who, whose names you'll never know. Uh, there's a Michael Park. There's a uh, Michelle McMahon. Michael Park was one of the best soccer players of all time, at least in his mind. <laughs> and he, That's good, though. Hey, it, it was great. His his whole mindset was like he is going to be the best. And injuries and and, and mm. begin to attack him, and he fell fell out of grace. And the coaches they didn't count on him. They didn't expect much from him. And he was heartbroken. He was devastated by the whole thing. And at a certain point, he comes into my office and I have to explain to him, it doesn't matter what the coaches think. All that matters is what you think, what you believe, and how you carry yourself. The likelihood of the coaches changing is slim to none. How you respond and how you react to adversity, to challenges, to trials and tribulations. That's going to be the game changer. And this guy is now like, <laughs> he's a PhD in business world. He just became a different champion than you thought or he thought he might be. It just became a champion in a different field, Greg. 
once you decide you're going to be your life is going to be amazing, whether soccer works or not. Once you decide that you love yourself, you value yourself and you're going to share what you have, everything you touch turns to gold. Well, how do individuals do that? How do they take and build and maintain a strong sense of self-belief like you're prescribing here? Well, you teach people to be real clear about their inner voice, how they talk to themselves. You know how we can beat ourselves up or worry ourselves to death and worrying doesn't work. It's ineffective. You teach them, you know, instead of saying, don't worry, you say it's ineffective. (laughs) It won't change a thing. You tell them and teach them that beating yourself up does not work. And you train them to listen carefully to, to how they talk to themselves and to retrain their mind to identify how they can reinforce and encourage. Because we're talking about teaching people self-motivation, self-discipline, and self-control. Self-mastery is what you teach people. How to master your own mind, your own thoughts. Well, you know what's funny? Ever since I went to Michigan, I've repeatedly woken up at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. And I'm worried about something else, Greg. I'm worried about meeting a woman. I'm worried about becoming a dad. I'm worried about getting a promotion. I'm worried about all kinds of things. Last night, I was worried about something. I'm laying in bed at four in the morning. This is still going on. I'm 56, Greg. What the hell am right. I doing wrong? Uh, you're, you, look, you're not doing anything wrong, but you can do some things better. <laughs> and which How do you can I do eliminate better. those worries? How do I eliminate that? How do I tell myself that that's ineffective to worry when I've spent my life in the middle of the night? thinking and worrying about things. (laughs) Well, you've perfected it. And now you begin to look for new habits. So you begin to see that it's a habit. It's a formula that you've used. And so now you begin to catch yourself when you're using that formula and let it trigger a new habit. The new habit is instead of worrying, beating yourself up, you identify that that's what I'm doing. You become so comfortable talking to yourself about what works and what doesn't work that you decide, I'm not going to continue down this path. I've got to change. And you can look, the only creature that was ever made is a human being that can decide I'm not going to be the same today as I was yesterday. Change. Change is is inevitable. That which cannot be avoided or evaded. You can be a part of change, decide to change, or you can have your butt kicked by not changing. So change is good. You pursue the change. You embrace the change. You stop being afraid of being afraid. Because fear triggers that worrying and being preoccupied and beating yourself up. Fear and self-doubt is the enemy, sir. I got to eliminate myself. I got to eliminate the enemy. I, I have to eliminate the enemy then, Greg. And if the enemy within can't harm you, bruh. <laughs> there you go. Now, are you able to share some of the athletes you're working with now that you could see developing the mental traits and mental strength uh, that you work with them on? that will enable them to flourish as athletes and people in coming years? Anybody that comes to mind? Let me tell you a quick story. 
I'm working with uh, a professional hockey player, one of the best of all time. His name is uh, Austin Matthews. He's probably the best American-born hockey player that we know of. He plays for a team up north, way up north, right? Yep. Austin is a superior athlete. What can you – you know I can't tell him anything about hockey, right? Of course, yep. But he has to now train himself to be a leader of men. So that's what we're working on. And that's a mental shift. Imagine being the best player on the team at 18, 19, 20 years old. And you're playing with 25, 27, 30, 35-year-old men. You're not going to try to lead them. But if you want to be a champion, mm-hmm. that dressing room, that locker room has to help create a culture that coaches coach, players play. And until that dressing room, locker room says we're going to be champions, you're not going to be a champion. Until you learn to push each other and expect and dare each other to be the best, you won't be a championship team. What you teach a young man like that is how to lead others. And it starts with teaching him how to lead his own thoughts, his own attitudes, his own behaviors to increase his confidence and talking to yeah. people because he that's not what he does. He leads by example. That's nice, but you won't be a champion until you learn how to lead men. So that's some of the things that I'm doing right now, including working with a few college uh, players. And it's just more fun than you can ever imagine. Well, let me miss a question. You've obviously worked with Four, over 400 professional athletes, 50 NFL first-round draft picks, 120 Olympians representing over 20 countries. How do you come into contact with Austin Matthews? You're here in Ann Arbor. He's playing hockey up north. How does that happen? Well, uh, my uh, business manager, Shane Salerno, he, yep. he, he negotiates. He creates opportunities. And uh, – the geniuses that are working with Austin decided to just add a little X factor to their organization. And I was the X factor to just chat and be real clear about what works and what doesn't work. They gave me an opportunity to give this young man and a few others uh, a chance to, to, to pick my brain, to, to see what I'm talking about. And obviously, it's worked out so far pretty well, I'm sure. I've, I've had a great time. and uh, But this book opens up the door for people from all walks of life to examine what's working and what's not working in their lives, to become the world's greatest expert on themselves. Instead of having all these people around you who can tell you what you need to do, how you need to do it, You have to train yourself to look at what do I need to change in order to go to the next level, to be a peak performer. What do I need to to continue to do, to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? Greg, as somebody who has written five books, I had all kinds of hopes and ideas and dreams for those five books. What do you hope comes out of this book, Stay Sane in an Insane World, How to Control the Controllables and Thrive? What is the grand dream for you with this book? 
My, my real dream is that people understand this is not about me. The book is not about Tom Brady. It's not about Desmond Howard. It's not about Michael Phelps. It's about them. It's about who they are and who they're trying to become. And it all, and, and you're getting hints and clues and recommendations and lessons totally consistent with, with what I taught the best, highest performing individuals you ever heard of in your life. So I want people to understand that the mission is to get them to believe without question or pause that they can stay sane in an insane world. They can be positive in a negative world. Well, I want to thank you for this book. I want to thank you for the time today. I want to thank you for being the great influence that you are. The book already is number one on Amazon. I wish you continued success with it. You've impacted so many people already, and I can only imagine how many more you're going to impact with your new book here, Greg. Well, with the support that I get from people such as yourself, and you know, I'm I don't I don't do fandom too well, but boy, I'm a fan of yours. I like the way you operate. I like the way you work. I like the way that you communicate with people. I admire and respect you, and believe in you. And the respect is mutual, as I've expressed to you before. We ran into each other at Savas in the fall recently, right? That was the last time you were on a recruiting <laughs> yes, visit. With a couple of kids, gave you a big hug, and I told you how much you've meant to so many people and to the university, and respect, believe me, is beyond mutual. So much respect to you, Greg, and I appreciate the time today and wish you continued success with your new book. Thank you, sir. appreciate you. There is Michigan's peak performance coach, its motivational speaker, its executive consultant, my friend, the author, Greg Harden. All right. It is time to begin to focus our attention and energies on none other than fantasy football. We love it. I think it helps drive the popularity of the National Football League, and we are in the height of draft season. My two drafts will be the Tuesday and Wednesday nights before the Chiefs and Lions open the regular season in Kansas City. And within the past week or so, we had the lottery for both drafts a 12-team league, and the 16-team ESPN War Room League. And in both drafts, I drew position 11. 11. I'm so annoyed by that. In the first draft, that means picks 11, 14, and on and on. And in the ESPN War Room League, 16 teams, 11, 21, and on and on. But now, it is time to get ready for pick number 11 in two leagues from the 11 hole. We'll see how that works out. Everybody getting ready for their fantasy football drafts. And to help us, Get ready for fantasy football drafts to do the ultimate fantasy football podcast draft guide. We are going to be joined next week by the men who are the heart and soul of Establish the Run podcast, my friends of the program, Adam Levitin, Evan Silva, vast fantasy football knowledge. They will be in this spot next week to provide you with some insight that hopefully can help you win a championship in your fantasy football drafts. We want to thank Greg Harden, the author of the new book, Stay Sane in an Insane World, How to Control the Controllables and Thrive. We want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, and you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll be back with more information, insights, interviews, and the weekly six-pack. Until then, have a great week. Be well and stay safe.